0: Welcome, Wastelanders and Vault Dwellers. It is time for the Fallout Lorecast. I am your host, Tom, or Robots, and with me today is Laney, or Neos Pandora, and I am in a very silly mood. If you watch the intro to this, I still haven't fixed the video thing, so I was making funny faces at the camera. Thank you, everybody, for joining us. It is Thursday. We're doing this a little bit late. It is 3 p.m. Eastern instead of 2 p.m. Eastern. There was a big Bethesda press thing where they just talked about how much they loved Microsoft and Microsoft loves them. Everybody gave each other big hugs and then they moved on. So uh, not a whole lot of news came out of that. But uh, we're going to talk about that during the Fallout Hub, which happens at 5 today. So we'll be I'll be back for that in a little bit, but now is not the time for that. Now is the time for The Fallout Lore. Laney, how's it going? How you doing?
1: It's going good. I'm doing great. I mean, as some of you saw, I just downed two burritos and It was like two 7 Cinemons. by my count.
0: 7 burritos.
1: 7 burritos and like 500 donuts basically. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. before the show within like the 5 minutes before we started. It was
0: talking. amazing. I think it's a world record. We, uh, we got it on video, so we should submit it to Guinness. Maybe they can confirm you as being the fastest burrito eater ever.
1: I, I unhinge my jaw like a snake, and I suck them down.
0: Just suck them down. Just whoop. And as I mentioned in the pre-show, it's uh, convenient that burritos are cylindrical because then they don't have to change shape as they work their way through your digestive tract. And Lainey's shaking her head. So welcome to the (laughs) Fallout Lorecast. (laughs) This is not the foodcast. This is the Fallout Lorecast. And today, what are we talking about, Lainey?
1: Hey, we are talking about Fort Atlas.
0: Fort Atlas. And that is not a name that will be familiar to people if they haven't played Fallout 76. We've been on a Fallout 76 kick. We've been going through the different factions, the different individuals in the factions a little bit. A little bit poking here and there at some of the individuals. Probably dig into more of those people in the future. And um, as we're getting kind of through most of that content, we've caught up to most of the events post-Wastelanders early Steel Dawn. So now we're getting back around to the Brotherhood of Steel. Now, Fort Atlas has something to do with why they're in West Virginia. And we're going to dig into that today because this is actually... A really cool concept. And I've got some I've got some thoughts on this. But Laney, why don't you go ahead and kick us off with some details about what exactly is Fort Atlas? What was it before it was Fort? Before it was a Fort, right? It was something else.
1: Well before it was a fort, um, before the Great War, it was a military uh, observatory. It was called the Atlas Observatory. It stood for Atmospheric Terraforming Laser Accelerator System. And their goal was to control weather. They wanted to be able to use the station to modify the weather, Um, which is very interesting.
0: It is very interesting.
1: A trope that I really enjoy in sci-fi is like, "We're gonna take control of the weather now." Like that's it's such a crazy thing.
0: Yeah, and uh, I'm I'm gonna be posting some or sharing some questions that I have about this. On the second half of the show Because I've got some thoughts on this um, This observatory is interesting Because it is in the game early on When Before Steel Dawn Before the Wastelanders update You can go to the Atlas observatory It is there You can go visit it You can go poke around I believe there were super mutants running around in it That gets all cleaned out with the update The Brotherhood moves in And they take over this observatory And it didn't occur to me That this was anything more than just an observatory right I like in playing the early game i went there i finished some quests there i moved on and did other things and i was like oh it's cool there's an observatory it's the kind, one of those kinds of things that you find in places you know some places have observatories but the fact that atlas actually stands for atmospheric terraforming laser accelerator system is way more interesting than this just being an observatory and that ties directly into why the brotherhood would be interested because this has to do with technology that they don't believe should be in the hands of just anybody so that's what this is connected to laney what else do we know
1: so fort atlas is uh in the savage savage divide in appalachia (coughs) so sorry it was left empty after the great war and um in the time between the game's release and steel dawn Mm -hmm. was just full of robots
0: oh it was robots i thought it was
1: angry robots
0: (laughs) oh man why did i think it was super mutants i thought it was super mutants but you're right it was robots
1: there's another area i mean there's lots of areas overrun by was there nearby
0: nearby there with super mutants. I'm not sure. Yeah, maybe I'm, I'm squishing it's them together in my area. head. It's a
1: crazy area. The Savage Divide while, right? really has everything.
0: That's yeah, true. It's true. So, yeah. yeah, It's been a while, a while since this update came out and changed that area. So, um, mm. yeah, now I'm trying to remember. But, yeah, okay. Robots. There you go.
1: Robots. So, yeah. So, it was overrun with robots. Um, and there were some adventures that went down here um, even before it became a brotherhood facility. mm mm-hmm. um, I'm going to introduce you guys to a fella named Lucky Lou. So, Lucky Lou. Lucky Lou. I'm going to tell you just why Lou is so lucky. So Lucky Lou was a crater raider that got irradiated. Um, lots of the raiders that are in crater that stayed there now that have grouped together um, went through a tragedy early on when they were still separate where there was an entire, entire faction that basically got ghoulified or just died. And so you have... Lots of raiders that are ghouls now that don't really know what they're doing. And um, Lucky Lou became a ghoul and was very ashamed of it, very nervous, was convinced that he would turn feral. And uh, it was it's kind of tragic. So his friends, his raider buddies love him, love this guy. They would take a bullet for him. They would do anything for him. He's one of their pals, right? You stick out for your fellow raiders. Maybe that's why he's so lucky. Oh, well, we'll see. <laughs> so Lucky <laughs> Lou is a, an interesting fella because he was so concerned that he would turn feral and put all his friends in danger, um, which is sweet. It's sweet that he's nervous about it. But unfortunately, it drove him insane. Um, and he ended up isolating himself inside the Carlton Mine um, and basically planned his own suicide, but he couldn't bring himself to do it to himself um, directly. And so he found some roundabout ways to attempt it. Mm-hmm. And they're pretty crazy. Um, and they include things such as machine powered shotguns that he was attempting to shoot himself from a distance with. Same thing for turrets. Um, he went <laughs> to Fort Atlas to get the weaponry he needed for some of these plants. And so he used things left at Atlas uh, to try and work t- towards his dream, I guess. Ugh. Um. And at one point he even collapsed an entire building onto himself in an attempt to die. But Lucky Lou is just so lucky he uh, evades death at all turns. It's like <laughs> yeah. he's known for.
2: Right.
1: <laughs> and so not only has he evaded death and become a ghoul, but he now cannot die. And um <laughs> and he's not
0: he's not immortal. That's his superpower. He's just got this like divine <laughs> protection. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah, it's it's wild. So he. Goes to Fort Atlas and he, well, prior to it being Fort Atlas, tries all these mm-hmm. crazy things, goes around a few other places, you know, does whatever he can, drops a building on himself, It doesn't work. <laughs> right. And he's like, I gotta do something else, right? This isn't working. But he, at this point, is just so sure that he is going to go feral and cause trouble for people. And he doesn't want to, right? And so he goes back to the Carlton Mine. And he decides that he's going to detonate explosives within the mine to make it collapse on himself. And he figures that even if he doesn't <laughs> die, at least he's stuck there. Right. If um, I can't
0: if I can't drop a building on myself, I'll drop a mountain on myself. We'll see how that works. Right.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Which is nuts. It's it's a little nuts. Um but good old lucky Lou, he just really lucks out and he just keeps going. So He's a funny character. Is it? Wait, 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 um, wait,
0: wait, wait. Is it still luck if it's the thing you don't want to happen?
1: Oh, I don't know. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Maybe he's unlucky because the uh, thing yeah, he wants to happen right. will it's, never happen.
1: It's a little ironic. That's for sure.
0: Don't you think? Don't, don't you think? <laughs> <laughs> now that song is in everybody's heads. I just, yeah. I just, I just, with two uh, words, don't you think? That's two words. That's technically three words, but two words. Uh, I inserted that song into everybody's head.
1: Thank you. That for is that. the power
0: of language.
1: Woo! The power of language with the Fallout Lorecast
0: uh-huh. uh-huh.
1: in twenty one oh three. Um, good old Russell Dorsey decided that he was going to do something spectacular. Now, Russell Dorsey is a boy from Maryland. He decided that he was going to explore Appalachia and came across the leftover remnants of the brotherhood from the first time they had been there um at the Allegheny asylum I think. Yes, how do right. you pronounce that? and yeah um
0: I, yeah somebody you know what somebody corrected me on this one time but i don't remember but yeah let's just oh go with no. that I, i'm sure somebody okay. like i i get you know how we stumble over some of the pronunciation of some of the yeah. words um and sometimes i'll just be say like oh, i don't know how that is pronounced and then i'll have somebody like comments on Discord, or they'll even yeah. do it in, like, a, when they're reviewing the show, they'll be like, hey, thanks! this is a great show, thanks so much for this, and by the way, I live near this place, it's pronounced like this. And I'm like, oh, thanks. But then I don't of it's course cool. remember, right? Low <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> Green says a little too ironic. Uh, anyway, <laughs> um, so yeah, so Russell Dorsey from Maryland from starts Maryland, investigating so from App- the remains of the Brotherhood uh, Taggarty's group. That was the Brotherhood yes splinter it wasn't really a splinter group it was like a remote group that was formed we've talked about this on other episodes in Appalachia before the vault opens up it's what you find find of the remains of the brotherhood when you're walking around in the world that is not the same group as the group of brotherhood that are now in Appalachia that were sent from the west coast those are two different groups of people
1: indeed indeed he do so, Russell Dorsey, dee dee doo. because the Brotherhood is no longer there. He's just trying to kind of trying to see what happened. He gets really curious and eventually receives word. here's a little rumor that um Brotherhood is coming back, right? It's just a voice in his head, right? It's just like a
0: it's a voice his head it's it's like God. He's it's a like the voice of God, yeah. <laughs> It's like
1: an angel came down and said, it's the like, Brotherhood is coming Russell back to
0: Appalachia. Russell Dorsey. Russell Dorsey. That's was, it was sound, like, don't fear. It sounds like this. Russell Dorsey. This is the voice of God.
1: The Brotherhood is returning to Appalachia.
0: You will be my prophet. Is it like that? Is that what it sounds yeah, like? Yeah,
1: just like that. Just like like that? that. Russell Dorsey took this command from his heavenly father and decided that he (laughs) was going to go to Fort Atlas. (coughs) Excuse me. Wow. Okay. The burritos really got me. Fort Atlas. And he's going to create the next Brotherhood base is what he sets his mind out to do. And of course, uh, the base as it is right now uh, is full of robots. Um, And he enlists the help of some of his own robots to clear it out and then attempt to renovate. Which, turns out, Protectrons, not necessarily very good at renovations. So...
0: Hmm, They need some Mr. Handies.
1: They need some Mr. Handies. Well, they got something else handy. They came across the Vault 76 Vault Dwellers that, guess what they're going to do? Oh. They're going to reclaim it.
0: Oh, I thought (laughs) they were going to put on weird outfits and run around (laughs) and do like, you know, drink Nuka Shine, like all the wacky stuff. They, not that huh they actually
1: a few, a few of them do that you know it's kind of uh, tragic just a few, they, they just bomb a few. Each other. <laughs>
0: pretty much every time i watch somebody's dream fall at 76 they're either sh- killing a scorch beast queen or doing something wacky <laughs> like yeah. Running around.
1: Oh, always yeah yeah, yeah. Right, right. and the outfits are key right my character is always in um one of like the nurse outfits from the asylum uh-huh. it's just what she wears all the time right. and then like funny hats i switch out the hats yeah <laughs>
0: Yeah, I especially like the weird masks, like the double Brahmin head. That's, yeah. a, that's a classic.
1: Yeah, that's pretty good. Anyway, so Russell Dorsey gets some vault dwellers to assist him. Mm-hmm. And they create Fort Atlas, kind of as we know it. Um, he really cleared out the place, fixed it up a bit, and thought that by doing this, maybe he... Uh, I don't know, would be really doing them a service and then become a part of the Brotherhood himself. He definitely is a brotherhood wannabe, and it didn't necessarily work out like that.
2: Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay.
1: So the brotherhood first expedition to do to do the brotherhood first expeditionary force uh-huh. moved in, and they saw what he did. They were thankful, but they you know they fixed it up, made it a little bit more brotherhoody, and
0: more gears, created, and swords, and yeah, wings,
1: flags. You know? Yeah. Maybe it... uh, I don't... (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) Um, But yeah, so it creates Fort Atlas, and that is the Fort Atlas that is now in the game. So in 2103, we have Fort Atlas. It is no longer... Fort Atlas. The Atlas Observatory. It could be the Fort Atlas Observatory, but that's a bit wordy. You have to make an acronym for your acronym.
0: Fort Atlas. Yeah, it would be like Fort Atlas Observe. It would be foul.
1: But it's actually... But it'd
0: be F-A-T-L-A-S. Fat
1: Lasso. <laughs> fat
0: lasso. <laughs> oh, my God. That was Wonder Woman's first attempt at a uh, magic weapon. <laughs> it was the Fat Lasso. <laughs> Eventually, she had the got the invisible one. That one made you fat. You, she would rope people. And in order to keep them from running away, like, they'd all oh of a sudden go. <laughs> they'd get real big, and then they wouldn't be able to run away.
1: It's <laughs> an interesting attack.
0: <laughs> so, I yeah, mean, so. if you can have something that ma- makes somebody tell the truth, or you know, whatever, like you can, you can make it whatever magic you want. Right? Oh yeah,
1: magic's right. magic.
0: Magic's magic.
1: <laughs> tomato, tomato.
0: Right. <laughs>
1: truth telling. <laughs> <laughs> Turning people
0: into balloons. Same same magic. Yeah, yeah, just gonna but they don't go they don't get lighter and float. They just get heavier and they just go boop. They're like they become like the blob. They're just like boop, boonk, and then they can't move. Oh no. Yeah. Those are the actual oh, sound no. effects that, that happen too. Boop, um so okay, so now we have Fort Atlas. The Brotherhood has moved in. We're not gonna talk too much about the individuals of the Brotherhood in this episode. This is mostly about the location and why they chose it. Um, and what did, what else did they do to this place in order to make it fit them? And uh, side note, they're not done. They're clearly in the in still in the process in the game of updating and renovating the place, and and but for the most part, it is functional at this point. So what is what is yeah, actually there? You know,
1: that, the idea pretty much is that they've just gotten there. They're kind of feeling it out. So you have a lot of people outside of it that are waiting to get in in hopes that they can either join the Brotherhood or get help from the brotherhood and most of the people who ask for help do not receive it and so it's just a bunch of really sad people waiting outside (laughs) all the time so
0: one of the one of the (laughs) quests you go through early in this is you are actually tasked with listening to their tales and helping decide which ones deserve help and i'm not going to ruin it for you go listen some interesting of course characters show up with different reasons for needing help some of them i hope we hear more of in the future but Again, not going to ruin it this episode. Go do that if you haven't played through it yet. So what else, yeah, is, what else is there? Like, what, as a player in yeah. the game, what can, so, you, what can you do there?
1: It's a pretty nice area. They, because, you know, the idea is that they're these technologically advanced, this is a techn- technologically advanced group. They have all the, their necessities, all the things they need to create and to function and to be a military force, basically, and so on and so forth. So they have all of the necessities that you would kind of expect to have at your own camp. Um, Things like workbenches, they have all of them, chemistry workstation. They have the armor workbench, you know, all of them. You can find them all and you can use them. Mm -hmm. Um, Same goes for, there's a power armor station if you need it. They also have a stash box, which is really nice to have another location you can go to uh, and you're guaranteed stash box there every time. And it's also, you know, there's quests there. There's a lot going on, there's lots of people. It's a really nice location. Um, they also have... Not quite as useful to the player character, but they have their own armories, barracks, uh, showering facilities, a dining area, military, everything. They got everything they need. Mm-hmm. Um, and so...
0: And it, and to jump in, the, the, the stuff that you can access, the workshops, I'm sorry, the workbenches, the power armor station, the stash box, all of that stuff is outside the facility. So... It doesn't take a load screen to get into it. Also, I believe, I'm not 100% sure about this, but I, I'm like 90% sure that this is a free fast travel point on the map now. I don't think it was at first. Chat, uh, correct me if I'm wrong. The foundation and the crater are free fast travel points. Vault 76 is, and I believe this is now also a fast, free fast travel point. So you could use it as a quick place to go to for free to use a workbench or something like that. Especially if you're considering your yourself as a character that's role playing as being part of the brotherhood This would be a good place to go other than say maybe your camp or something like that And in order to just you know drop in drop some stuff in your stash box use some workbenches move on do something else Yeah all major faction spots are free Uh, yeah I, I believe that this is then considered one of those right um so So I think in my opinion that helps you role play the game a little bit more the idea that you don't just have to go back to your camp and that's the one place you can go to fast travel quickly to get to a workbench and and whatever. You can stop in on the Brotherhood and you can, you know, hear some of the banter and go use some of the equipment there and then move on. Um, so that I think that's that's a fun addition. What do you think?
1: I I absolutely agree. I think that it there's a couple of things there that's really handy, right? You can um especially if you're playing as someone who's in the brotherhood you know and that's your focus for your character it's nice to be able to kind of use that as a second base Mm -hmm. um i also think that it's cool that you can nope i lost it i was the whole time you were talking i was like oh i gotta say this
2: thing and it's gone it'll come
0: back it'll come back
1: that's okay i do think it's really awesome um and you know what's important i think about the things being outside compared to inside is that you cannot get inside the facility not really there's a certain extent that you can get into before um, you get cut off by like a laser gate
0: let's call it an airlock Um, there's like an entry airlock area there's like a a forum that uh mm, a uh
1: What's it's the... like an office, and then like a kind of. <laughs> there's a word for room this room underground.
0: <laughs> yeah, there's, there's a word for like the area that you can get into in a building before you actually enter the main part the of the building. The foyer. The foyer. There you go. Not form. Foyer. The foyer.
1: Foyer. Oh, you ever want to go to the Brotherhood's foyer? Mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Get get yourself hired.
0: The lobby. Yeah, there you go. Lobby. Lobby. Yeah. the lobby. Yeah. the fat lasso lobby
1: oh no (laughs) um so yeah so it's it's it's
0: uh-oh uh-oh laney disappeared she'll be back in just a second this always happens this always happens in the middle of the show um (laughs) she's coming back oh there you are you're back
1: all right you uh you don't have to go through the Brotherhood things to access their stash boxes and their workbenches and all that stuff. You can still do that and completely ignore them if you really wanted to. Um, but you also have the opportunity to unlock everything else in the area, uh, which is really neat. So it gives you a lot of options in terms of like how you interact with the Brotherhood in the game if you do it all,
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, which is cool. Yeah.
0: Um, yeah. Genghis, Genghis isn't a fan of the quest line. I know some people are like, yeah, the quest line's all right, or, or they're not as into it. This is, I would take this as part one of something. We know that their plans for the brotherhood story were, went beyond just what happens here and that there's more coming on this specific story. And then the characters that are introduced here are going to be part of an even bigger story further down. So, and I know not everybody's a fan of the brotherhood of steel, but this is, you can't look at it as a complete thing yet there's more to it so i'm i'm gonna wait and see i, I feel like this is it, it'd be like judging uh a, a tv show you know halfway through the season like you're not there yet you're not at the end yet hopefully the things at the end make everything come together and then you go oh my god that was so good um so yeah that's that's my thought on it anything else yeah Lain-
1: yeah, so I guess probably one of the last things I want to talk about is um the brotherhood is really interesting, right? Because they have this this need, this uh absolute just unhinged desire to control all the technology. Right. And you get to see a little bit more of this if you really dive into uh the terminal entries. So mm-hmm. And there's, we, a, there's a lot of things. well.
0: Here's here's a question for you. Do we want to? I'm not
1: gonna really spoil much.
0: Okay, because I think it would be cool to go into some of the characters. uh romani Valdez. I think Valdez is
1: yeah. Is I'm not super haughty. Gonna...
0: I'm I'm a big fan <laughs> of, of her. She's like she's. I, I always think she's hitting on me. She's not, but I always think she is. um Maybe that says more about me than her. That's
1: uh, me, Piper, and Fallout Four. It's okay. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and then, um, uh, and then, uh, uh, who's who's the douchebag uh, Shin? I think yeah. these are, I think they're interesting characters, and they they show very different sides of who the Brotherhood is and could be. Um, so, I, I that's a whole another discussion. I want to get into that in the future. But yeah. what, what did you want to talk yeah, about here? I'm not
1: I'm not even going to dive into all of them. Yeah. Um, but I just want to mention like the the terminal entries you see a lot in particular from the this sex. S-E-C-T-S. Sects. Sects. Sex. 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 I can't pr- pronounce, pronounce anything. Sects. Um, they're Paladin. Paladin Leila Romani, uh, and the scribe Odessa Valdez, right? You uh-huh. have lots of notes from them that you can read about things that this Brotherhood has done, or things that they found from the past. Um, And one story in particular that I think is interesting. Uh, And it's the only one that I'm going to touch on for this, because play it yourself, you know, and we'll we'll get to it in the future sometime when it's not so spoilery. (laughs) Um, (laughs) So there was a negotiation between the Brotherhood and the Foundation settlers where they attempted to basically get their hands on a lot of Foundation's weaponry. Mm -hmm. And the settlers were not down for that. And the Brotherhood was very demanding. Right. And people don't like that you know people have a hard enough time with the brotherhood when they're not being overly demanding but if you just try to stop into somewhere during the end times and take all their weapons like that sounds terrible right right? like what are you doing um and so this of course upset their leader page very much and pretty much like put them on bad terms they no longer were getting along. They were no longer working together. You know, they were on okay terms and negotiations about maybe other things could have happened had the Brotherhood backed down a little bit, uh, but they didn't. And something I think is interesting is that the Brotherhood in this scenario saw that they were in the wrong and apologized. They went back and they were like, we don't want to have any hard feelings with you. We don't want to make another enemy. So like, we're sorry. We tried to take all your guns, basically. Yeah. Um. And they're on okay terms now. I can't imagine that they're super tight or anything, but it's
0: but they're cool. working it's... through it. They 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 at least have a communicating relationship. You know, mm-hmm. they're they're not just like not speaking. You know, they're not in open warfare, obviously, but they're also just not just in like eh, we're just bitter and we're just not going to deal with those people. You know, so yeah,
1: they've communicated. They have worked it out,
0: right? Which right, is cool. and I think that's to the credit of uh, Ramani. And this is something we can talk about in the future. This idea of uh, dealing with negotiation, not being such a, you know, hard ass for lack of a better phrase on, on these kinds of things and and realizing that different situations, different people require different tactics and solutions in order to do what is best for the brotherhood, but also everybody else involved and work towards a common goal. And I I think that this is the greater lesson of the story so far of West Virginia and fall at 76, that uh, if, you, if you learn anything at all from leaving the vault and coming across the remains of everybody else who was left, it's that when you don't work together, everybody dies. <laughs> divided, like, united we stand, divided we fall. Like, this is a very American kind of phrase, and I, I think that there's some truth in that. Sometimes you got to put things to the side and negotiate and negotiation usually means that both parties lose in order for both parties to win. You have to give something up. Right. And I'm interested to see where this goes because this kind of storyline is, uh, you know, hopefully we get years of updates and years of more story and those kinds of things. But I think we're going to see this play out over and over again, where, Sometimes groups work together and things work out better and sometimes they don't and things don't, uh, but you could also turn it on its head. Like what happens when groups do work together and things still don't work out? You know, like what, what happens then? So there's a lot of cool concepts here that that can be played with as we move forward. So Lainey, thank you for that recap. Let's, uh, we got to move into the middle of the show, thank our patrons, and then we, we're going to be back and I have some questions for you guys. I, I want to I kind of bring this home with some thoughts and ideas and I'd love to hear your perspectives, especially those of you in chat right now but also those of you who are listening later on if you want to join the discord and and tell us your thoughts on some of these things please feel free to do that or, or just post stuff to twitter all right let's move on To see another of General Atomic's finest still eager to serve. So, of course, we wouldn't be able to do all of this if it wasn't for our patrons, because you guys are amazing. Thank you for supporting the show. You support me and Laney and our ability to do this every week to bring you more content, to talk about these things, and all the other things that we do in the community. Having a community at all is very, very much contingent on the fact that you guys are able to help support us doing this so thank you to everybody who's a patron we really do appreciate it if you are interested in helping to support the show patreon.com slash fallout lorecast is the place you can do that you can get ad free episodes for as low as a dollar a month i mean that's that's super cheap um you can also join us on future episodes of the show if you if you sign up at tier four you can get the extended versions of the episodes when we do have episodes where we talk a little bit more after the end of the episode you get that that banter and the conversation the conversation with our chat. Um, there's all sorts of stuff you can get. Lots of different things, even discounts for the store if you want to buy one of our t-shirts. So go check that out. And especially thank you to our tier five patrons, Amelia R, Justin S, Matt B, and Zemnes Nightwolf. Thank you to you guys especially. That's This is what you get for being a tier five patron is a special thank you on every episode. And again, patrons, we couldn't do this without you. Thank you guys so much.
1: If you have any questions about Nuka World, I'd be delighted to answer them.
0: All right, so um, Pileo Giant has an interesting question here. I'm a tier one, but I still listen to Spotify ads. That's because you're listening on Spotify, so you should check your uh, subscription to your uh, subscription on Patreon. There is, in your settings, there is a feed that you can use on your podcatcher instead of the regular podcast feed, and that feed it's a very special update uh, upload that I upload every time that has the extended versions and no ads in it. So if you are a patron and you're listening to ads still, you don't need to um, find a find a podcatcher app and insert that feed that you get from Patreon in order to make sure that you are listening to the ad free version. So I um, just want to put that out there. It's usually it should be in the stuff that gets sent to you when you sign up. But for some reason, sometimes Patreon doesn't send people the message. I don't, I don't know what's with that or it goes in your spam folder in your email. I don't I don't know. Log back into Patreon. You'll you'll find it. It's in there, I promise. Um, all right. So, Lainey, I have some questions about Fort Atlas in particular, because I think this is a really interesting concept. And you mentioned this earlier, that you find this idea of dealing with the weather a th- very interesting concept in sci-fi. And I think this is one of those things that typically, until I started thinking about Fort Atlas and the ramifications of this, that I... I don't really consider enough. I don't really give it enough uh, weight or gravitas. Uh, This being when you simply think, oh, they want to control the weather. The first thing you think is, oh, they want to make more sunshine or more rain in order to help more crops grow so that they have more food. Right. That's that's usually the first reason. That you come across like if we can control the weather, then we can make sure that we have the right weather for the things that we need, whether that's sunlight or rainfall in order to make crops grow or maybe more sunlight for powering things through solar energy or or whatever. Right. But that's that's pretty much where my my mind usually stops when thinking about this. Um, Now, you can expand that to. Well, if you can control the weather, maybe you control storms like you could summon a hurricane or. A Tornado or something like that, but I don't think that's usually what this kind of program is focused on It's not necessarily focused on trying to summon a hurricane that would take Changing global weather patterns in order to create a hurricane right that would be huge but doing something like uh, driving more and more moisture from one location to another to make sure that the Rainfalls in your area as opposed to somewhere else seems at least on the surface of it like a more simple proposition Seeding clouds, for example, is a a concept that has been tested out through scientific means. But then I I was thinking about it, and I was like, okay, so the Brotherhood is interested in this technology. The Brotherhood usually focuses on technology that can be weaponized, right? And if this isn't about, say, sending a hurricane at an enemy, because... The Brotherhood isn't worried about sending a hurricane over to China or something, right? To fight the Chinese. Like, that is not the the situation in the world right now. They're dealing with things on a more specific individual focus, you know, like dealing with monsters in the wasteland, dealing with uh, adversaries in the wasteland in their specific area, collecting stuff, dealing with robots that go rogue so they can take them apart and use their parts, those kinds of things. What would be the point of this for them? And... The more I thought about it, the more it seems to make sense that this is about what using weather and changing weather patterns does for the land that you occupy and then for the land that other people occupy. So let me explain this. If you're in West Virginia and you decide, you know what, we need the right kind of weather patterns to maximize food growth. And so that means that you're absorbing more, more, more moisture from the areas outside of West Virginia, then those other areas become more arid. Right. So you could do the opposite with it, too. You could specifically remove moisture or sunlight or whatever from another area in order to make it more arid. That's where the danger comes in. It's not that somebody's going to send a hurricane at you. It's that they could completely remove the moisture from your, your land and kill off the population because they have no food and they wouldn't even know that they're under attack. That's, I think that is the true weaponized danger of something like this. Um, what do you think about that? Because I've got, I've, got, I've got other thoughts on where this also can go or where this also may go in the future of the Fallout timeline. So what, what do you think about this so far?
1: i think it's terrifying and honestly i've been trying to figure out exactly what they're trying to do with it or like what they're scared of also right and i think that that's a pretty i mean it makes sense i think that claim makes sense because there's other ideas that maybe are a little too bold of of course things like making natural disasters is one but like
0: right well and it says atm- atmospheric terraforming so it's not like they're going to make a volcano right. it's not like they're going to create an earthquake this is Something about atmosphere else
1: that i think might be interesting and i don't know that there's actually anything that can be done in this respect but you know how the scorched are essentially burning from the inside out whatever yeah. it is that's causing that plague like they they're burning um and it's, it's strange, right? And, like, of course, people are inoculated against it. Eventually, the scorch should kind of die out. But I don't know. I guess Well, it's if a plague mean-
0: It's a plague that's infecting animals, too. So even if right. the human population so was inoculated, it doesn't mean that the, that the plague will go away. It'll still right. get passed so- from creature to creature.
1: So I wonder if maybe there's something that could be done with the weather in terms of um, making, making it less favorable more towards more moisture squirt? or colder, yeah, uh-huh. and seeing if that affects anything. Um, right. and, and that I, was the I other thing I think.
0: Sorry, go on the, I'm I'm it, jumping on top of you. Yeah. You go on. I, you're you're Sorry. bringing ideas to me, but yeah, go yeah,
1: on. yeah. I I think we probably feel the same way about this. maybe maybe I don't know. Um, that like it's a cool. It'd be cool if this one, that was something that kind of tied together. But I don't know necessarily where that would come from, right? It feels like that's a pretty big thing to just be like. And suddenly we know that the cold works against Scorch now, like it's, it's weird, right? Why wouldn't they know that earlier? Um, And the
0: Scorch have survived for a few years, so they've been through winters and summers, technically, even though it's always the same weather in the game, theoretically, they would have survived a few winters by now, right? Um, But here's the other thing, though. Can something like the atmospheric terraforming laser accelerator system change the temperature of the air? doesn't that also require affecting air movement on a global landscape because you wouldn't all of a sudden yeah yeah so like okay so let's let's think about weather here weather and temperature globally is mostly dependent on which hemisphere is closer to the sun because of the tilt of the axis right so the northern hemisphere is in the summer when the northern hemisphere is closer to where the sun is right and to the southern hemisphere it, it, like it rotates around right and then that's closer in the winter so it's summer in what are our winter months in the southern hemisphere because the southern hemisphere is closer to the sun on the opposite end of the year that's why the weather gets hotter and colder from a seasonal standpoint so if let's say it's the middle of summer let's say it's july July in Appalachia and you wanted to make the weather colder you would actually have to move lots of cold air from the north south in order to make that happen which would you'd basically have to rotate the the weather around the world which would affect the entire world I I don't think something like this is able to do that I think that's probably outside this I mean we're talking sci-fi could do anything but from a standpoint of like this is the first Atmospheric terraforming thing that they've ever done. They were, it was very preliminary. My guess is that something like moving more moisture from one place to another is probably more on the scale of what something like this does. Yeah. Um, As opposed to moving temperature. I think that that would be very more complicated.
1: I'm doing a little digging Mm -hmm. and I definitely think that the moisture is probably the most realistic idea of the ones that we've had. Um, But I, I started looking into other examples of atmospheric terraforming and we do it on planets a lot um and we're doing it on mars right now
0: because we globally
1: yeah so nasa is attempting to increase the atmospheric pressure of mars to make it more livable right and um it's not i mean it's a it's a huge undertaking but numerically they're only like less than a percent different than earth but it's enough right that like if we were to go to Mars and just walk out to the air we would die
0: (laughs) right and and to do something Um, like that like if anybody's ever played sim planet or whatever from way back in the day you have to have atmospheric terraformers right you have to have machines that convert more uh material to gas so that there's more gas in the atmosphere right
1: oh and so what's interesting is that the atlas is an atmospheric terraformer right it is Atmospheric terraforming laser accelerator system. Mm. So it's accelerating atmospheric terraforming with lasers, I guess, is the implication. Yes, yeah. Somehow. And if they're doing atmospheric terror, like what are they? What are they terraforming? <laughs> it really is so strange. And I mean I'm I'm like really digging into this Mars stuff, but
0: mm-hmm. yeah. So that's that's like, another question. So okay. Yeah. So let's 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 go with the simplest explanation here. They're, they're moving more moisture from one place to another, right? They're kind of just, you know, sucking moisture from one area into another using some sort of lasers. I don't Who knows, right? So if they decide, okay, we're going to make sure that West Virginia has more moisture throughout the year, especially during times of the year when there's less moisture, then it has to come from somewhere. Well, then it means that it's coming from neighboring places. So go with me here what if the capital wasteland isn't so barren because of irradiation what if it's barren because 100 200 years previous during the time of fall at 76 they terraformed the atmosphere in order to make west virginia more livable and it dried up the areas around and what's towards the coast from west virginia but the Capital Wasteland is one of the places as you move east from West Virginia, and that's where the moisture comes from, from the water, right? So it's either coming from there or it's coming from north, from like the Great Lakes. Um, so what if drawing more water from that portion of the continent dried up the Capital Wasteland?
1: That's interesting. That is an interesting take. I think That it could be really cool. I also see that if that is the explanation and that is what happens, there are going to be people that are like, they're just trying to backtrack and make excuses for why the the wasteland was so barren looking, why it was so dusty and gray. (laughs) You know, like people are going to be mad about that. But But, but it it is. is It's a a
0: barren place. There's not a whole lot of, there's barely any trees. There's, you know, the land in the capital wastes is is barren and, and i get it like the, the assumption is that it's it's irradiated it's post bomb but it is a significant time after the bombs dropped the 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 vegetation didn't get blown up and just never grew back we know we know that that doesn't happen in the real world when you drop a nuke on an area it irradiates a place but vegetation grows back look at chernobyl it's overrun with veg- vegetation those old buildings have vines and trees and stuff all over them the, the vegetation will find a way to survive um, if there's water, <laughs> if there's if there's nutrients and water for the vegetation to grow. So why is the capital wasteland so barren? Well, maybe it's yeah. because all the moisture is getting sucked up into West Virginia.
1: Human induced drought.
0: Human induced really drought. Crazy. Yeah. So what if what if all the all the difficulties that we face in some of these other fallout games having to do with the lack of water and that is the primary premise of fallout 3 is trying to get safe water if there was more water then maybe there would have been easier ways to get safe water but because everything seems to be out of drought then maybe it's very difficult to get safe water because the only access to water they have is very limited
1: It's awesome that's awesome i i love this theory (laughs)
0: i mean it's just it's probably not something they thought of or maybe it is and who knows if it's canon right like this is just one of those concepts that like this this is interesting because this is not something that they've delved into uh, that i know of in a fallout game of this idea of terraforming the atmosphere and the effects that that can have on other locations so uh (laughs) pillowy giant says i think you just blew a lot of our minds um but maybe maybe i'm wrong i mean i know that there are explanations in Fallout three i have to go back through and Play it again, but usually I think the explanations are it's a wasteland because of the bombs and the radiation. But that's not always the case. Like look at look at the Commonwealth. The Commonwealth has plants. All at four, you know. I mean, there are irradiated places for sure. There, you know, there is a barren zone at the bottom west, you know, southwest side of the map. That's huge, but there are places with trees and plants and and those kinds of things growing. Like it's not it's not a barren wasteland. So just an idea. wondering maybe if this is connected to that i would love to hear your your thoughts on that uh listeners what was that lady
1: of any actual atmospheric terraforming shenanigans happening on earth i'd be curious what if we could just displace water from the pacific ocean into california and then (laughs) just no no more fire by my fire
0: fires yeah that would be nice Um, I think there just are, like,
1: California. <laughs>
0: like I mentioned before, cloud seeding is a thing that uh, can happen and has happened. Um, I don't know what to what extent, uh, but we're we're constantly trying to terraform our environment. Like that's, you know, it's this is like people saying, well, we've never you know, this is this is the first time we've ever genetically manipulated food. And it's like, no, we've been genetically manipulating food for centuries because we've just done it in ways that are not on a cellular level. It's through through breeding and through, uh, you know, changing the way that we farm it and the, all those kinds of the things.
1: The end result is the same. But one the, method is just faster. One
0: one <laughs> method is just more specific and it's actually yeah. safer. Um, Fair. as Well, as long as the, you don't have an evil corporation putting unsafe stuff out for the population to consume. But technically, Which they
2: do! <laughs>
0: right, but technically Oops. if the corporation isn't putting the bad stuff out there, then yes genetically modified food is actually safer to eat assuming that it goes through the right precautions and is tested and, and confirmed um just like anything else so anyway it's a little side note uh th- that's what we got for this episode that's that's my theory let me know what you think about this theory because i uh, mean maybe there's some maybe there's some weight there um you know but what if what if you, what kinds of things would you be able to do with the atlas program if you were able to to use it like could you provide food for a population is there enough moisture and weather that you could not affect other places i, I don't know I, I have to wonder about this if you make it rain more in one place does that make it sunny or other places how does that like what are the long-term effects of that i think that there's a lot of uh, question here for how that would actually affect things in the long term so all right guys let me know your thoughts on that laney what else do you have going on before we head out
1: Going on, I have so many things, such as um, ice cream on Twitch. <laughs> Come listen to me. <laughs> such as
0: what have you been? What have you been playing lately?
1: Uh, lots of Valheim.
2: Yeah, Viking been world.
1: Valheim, Viking world. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I told you, I've been on like a fantasy kick. So life's good. It's uh kind of because I've also been on like a medieval fantasy kick in my own life so
0: you've gone to are you working at a renaissance fair what is going on
1: i wish oh my goodness that'd be great <laughs> you could do that now, that's a thing so i you know uh i've been basically quarantined for since forever and um it's been lovely i've found many things to fill my time with but i it gets boring. You see the same things every day. You wear the same things every day. You have the same day over and over. Basically, you're just mixing it up a little bit for a year, right? So it's it's been rough. <laughs> and is, I know that a lot of you guys are dealing with the same thing. <laughs> this is how I I
0: mean I, I feel like if you just extrapolate a, a little bit, that's just kind of life.
1: Yeah, this is just kind of like. I think I, <laughs> so a, I think
0: I had that revelation at Lynn, like high school, and I was like, "I'm just living the same day over and over again." Oh my god!
1: You <laughs> <These are> find <laughs> ways to keep it interesting, and so what I've done is I've uh, just really started investing a little bit more into Bitcoin. De- Bitcoin, no, <laughs> Dogecoin, no. <laughs> um, I've uh, into like decorating, but also decorating myself, so. Um, I bought a bunch of new tapestries. I have a really cool one. I don't know if you guys can see it. You can see oh, it down there. Okay. It's like a bunch of flowers and stuff. It's over my desk now. So my desk you feels say much tapestry wider. instead of
0: tapestry?
1: That's how it's spelled.
0: <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> it's so- Do other people say tapestry? Am I mispronouncing I it? Know. I don't know how, no, this you- probably, I don't know how words I- work. Is it tapestry? I- I've or is got- it tapestry a different thing?
1: I've got a reader brain. i there's so many words that yeah. I like have read more times than I've heard that I just okay, it's just gone. You I don't know, like
0: I don't know maybe Tapestry. like i'm wondering Tapestry. I'm genuinely wondering I'm not making fun i'm I'm wondering, <laughs> like is there are there two different things? Am I mispronouncing it? Tapestry I know that's I a think word
2: it's just a,
1: maybe it's just like a location thing. Maybe it's just people flip flop it yeah, it, maybe, it maybe a a far. regional <laughs> thing or an accent,
0: yeah, I, I don't know,
1: <laughs> yeah, um, Pilly giant says it's your way. Grayson says he used to say tapestry like my way, maybe. Yeah. Seems that we're split. Anyway, I've got a bunch. We put this one on the desk. It makes the desk look very nice. Um, and then uh I'm gonna put a bunch on the walls and they're very fun. But they're all like kind of fantasy y medievally mm-hmm. Um and then I've also been getting more clothes that I, I like the simplest way to put it is they make me feel like a barmaid. <laughs> it's almost okay. like i am just hosting my own renaissance fair every day is what it feels right. like so like really fun.
0: like corsets so, and fluffy sleeves and
1: yes okay. so not i don't have any corsets but i have lots of puffy sleeves uh-huh. um the, like the, the sweetheart neckline you know little cut the, pirate the whole, shirts. whole shebang pirate shirts pirates are yes Pir- yes yes <laughs> Okay, all right. Pirates are everything. Listen, here's the problem. Maybe I watched Pirates of the Caribbean one too many times when I was a child, mm-hmm. because that is like everything.
0: All right. Well, this is the perfect transition to uh, talk about Sea of Thieves and why you should oh. play Sea of Thieves with us. I bought, yes. I bought her a copy of Sea of Thieves because- I'll play it. Yeah, because- I uh, need to download it. Kirby Chew and I, uh, my son, have been streaming in the afternoons when I don't have migraines to deal with like this week. But last week, we streamed all week. In the afternoons, starting at 3.30 p.m., we've been playing Sea of Thieves. We played some Minecraft on Monday. Um, so we've been doing some fun stuff. I got Lania a copy so she can join us, too. We're, I
1: played Minecraft with you guys the other day. You did.
0: You did. You played Minecraft with us. Um, you but guys should
1: check it out. We're having a good time. <laughs> yeah, when we play
0: Sea of Thieves, we're the no-pants pirates, which is great. We uh, fight skellies, and we find treasure, and we, we even fought the Kraken, and it didn't eat us. We got away. That's cool. We're really good pirates, guys. Chips. Anyway, come come hang out with us on stream. I've been doing a <laughs> lot more streaming in the afternoons and then also the evenings. Um, usually in the evenings after about ten, I'll be playing games, and sometimes it's Fallout, but sometimes it's other stuff. Like I played Hunt Showdown uh, last night, and a bunch of people came hung out hung out with me. That game is super creepy and super cool. Good times. So. I love your company. Come hang out with me, guys. (laughs) Release the pants. Um, (laughs) Pillowy Giant says, release the pants. All right. Anything else going on, Lainey? Is that it?
1: Right here. Yeah. That's pretty much it. That's pretty much it. All
0: right. Well, cool. Well, thank you, everybody, for tuning in. Um, And thank you to everyone who helps us out on the show with reviews and ratings and telling your friends and all that stuff. Really, really love the support. Thank you, guys. I uh, oh the last thing um I'm I'm going to be popping in on people's streams people who are streaming Elder Scrolls Online and Fallout 76 and challenging them to the $1000 challenge. So go check out the Robots Radio YouTube for these $1000 challenges. Where I give them a few things to do and they have to do them in order to earn some money. It's it's money that is going to show up as advertising across uh, the podcast on the network to, in order to help support the streamer. But they're going to do some crazy stuff like uh, delete their characters or whatever. And we'll see if they do it for $1,000. So uh, those will be streams that will be popping up. But if you miss the streams, of course, the videos will be up on YouTube. So you can go check those out. Uh, and a question from... Um, Fire and Yao, when are Captain Robots adventures continuing? That's a good question. Um, I hope to do some more of that soon. I should. Uh, so I'm, I'm always dealing with uh, my migraine issues and being able to get as much content created as I want. So hopefully in the evenings, if I get some time to stream some more Fallout games, then I can turn those into Captain Robot's adventures. So I'm glad you guys like those. Please let me know if you want more and more of that stuff because those are fun to do. And when I get the time, I'm able to put those together and upload upload them to the feed. So um, can't wait. Good. I'm glad. I'm glad you love that stuff and Lainey's hair color. <laughs> All right, everybody. Thank you for for tuning in. Um, we will. I will be back in an hour at 5 p.m. For the Fallout Hub. So make sure you are following twitch.tv. I'm going to put this in chat.tv slash the Fallout Hub for our Fallout Hub show that I do with Ken from the Chad Fallout 76 podcast and Dave from Vault Boys WV. The three of us get together and we talk Fallout 76 stuff. We'll be talking about the Bethesda Microsoft merger and some of the things that they talked about during their little conference thing they did today. So come. Chat with us. We will also be featuring some of you guys. I believe we'll be doing some um, some questions, some call-in from some of the, the live listeners and watchers. So if you guys want to chime in and let us know what you think, come back for that in an hour. Uh, we'll be back for that. All right, everybody. Have a good rest of your day. I'll see you in an hour. Otherwise, have a good time and stay safe out in the wasteland. And until next time, try not to mess up the weather too much or you might end up like the capital wastes. All right. See you later. Bye. To plug into everything else we're doing, check out robotsradio.net. Also, look up the Robots Radio YouTube for videos about Fallout and other things. And check us out on Twitter twitter.com/robotsradio. You've been listening to a
2: Robots
0: Radio podcast. Smart shows for interesting people. Check out all the shows at robotsradio.net. I should have ended it with the funny faces like I started it. Should have bookend en- bookended en- bookended it. Book ended it. Like that. If you weren't here at the beginning, that's how I started the show.
1: That is how he started the show.
0: I like how round Isn't I can make my cheeks nice? when I do that. they get, I get yeah. real nice and round. You right definitely
1: there. have like mouse
0: face. Yeah, it's it's very messy. Yeah, like like my jaw muscles. Like your me- 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 whatever what these are, are called.
1: What are those called? Yeah.
0: Like these, like right here, like because I tap my teeth i don't really grind my teeth but i tap them so like i have to I like that. yeah so it, it's caused jaw <laughs> problems i had like tmj so I, i've been like relaxing and stuff but it also makes my jaw muscles like bigger than they're supposed to be so like if
1: I, the thing-
2: if I do that on top of it it gets real good i look like a mouse my cheeks are
1: just very large <laughs> um
0: yeah but,
1: but that that jaw clenching thing is actually something that I uh, like two years ago. It was really important to me that I trained myself to relax when I could relax, mm-hmm. right? Because yeah, cause so mu- so much of the time you don't actually check in on your body, right? I held um, I held
0: my attention there, so it's it's something I have to have yeah. some food in them, like oh, oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like I don't have a whole lot here. I guess I do if I pull it forward. <laughs> this is I've play play with Tom's FaceTime. We both
1: have pretty soft faces.
0: Thanks. <laughs> I don't know how to make your face not soft.
1: Make your face not soft? I mean, it's like a... It's a genetic
0: thing? There's like thing?
1: genetic things. Yeah. I mean, mine is a combination of genetics and weight, but it's mostly a genetic thing, I think, for Yeah,
0: I could, I could lose <laughs> a little bit of weight. But <laughs> anyway, playing with our faces. Well, I'll tell you what. I'm going to go check in on... On um, the kid, because he's done with school for now, and I'll be back in an hour.
1: I love that kid.
0: Yeah, he's pretty good. Yeah, he's gonna be on spring break pretty next good. week. coming up. Oh, yeah, man.
1: Maybe yeah, we can dude. Come for like a distance high five.
0: Yeah. Um, are you guys getting vaccines? Have you looked into Eventually. that at all? Eventually.
1: Eventually. Yeah. yeah.
0: All the older people in our family have got them. Um.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, but. And uh, my wife has it, too, because of her work. Um, but, yeah, you and me and Kirby Chew.
1: I will say we've been staying very safe, though, because I, I live with people who are high risk. Actually, everyone I live with, I live with four other people who are all high risk. Yeah. So Yeah. Yeah. Well, we've been very
0: careful. Yeah. Well, until then, we could be pirates together. Yeah. Yeah. Or play Fallout. That'd be fun. Your mother and father had their first shot. My aunt is on weekend. Nice. Yeah. A lot of the older mom, people, like I was, finished. that's good. I was worried about my parents in particular, um, cause they have health issues and I was like, man, if they got it, it would be real bad. Uh, but they got their shots. So, so they're safe. Yeah.
1: I got to hug them the other day.
0: Yeah. You went to go visit dinner. Didn't you?
1: It was so nice. Oh, <laughs> mm. that's sweet yeah
0: <laughs> that's awesome well I'm gonna go check on the kid have a good rest of your day and chat Thanks. thank you for being here thank you for the donation pillowy giant and uh I don't know if anything else happened no followers or anything but um but but thank you for being here if you already are following <laughs> trying to sell the house too It's really needs the job oh good luck with that good luck with that jab all right everybody I'll see you in about an hour Fallout Hub. See you there. Boom, boom, boom. I'm shooting a gun. Bye, guys.